strangers that we try to talk to once about Jesus and they either accept Jesus or not, and then if they not, we, we, we reject it. And, I mean, we just walk off and wipe the dust, and right? Being a witness for Jesus among strangers is a part of our mission, and we will talk about that later. But Paul is talking about the people you are around every day, our family, our friends, our coworkers. With these people, we are in it for the long haul. We are living life with them on the regular, so they really get to know us. And if we are honest about Jesus to them, if we are genuinely trying to live like Jesus, if we're trying to live in the love of Jesus, if we're trying to live into the character of Jesus, we're going to have a strong smell around our family members, our friends, and our coworkers. Can I get an amen? Some people, family, friends, coworkers, the more they get to know us or the more they are around us, they're going to like our smell more and more. For others, it's going to be the opposite. We will become more and more odorous to them. Why? Because either they like the way of Jesus or they do not like the way of Jesus. Over the years, I have coached so many different sports teams. And I've tried my best to coach as Jesus would coach. I've worked hard to kind of use my power as a coach to serve the players. I try not to play favorites with the star athletes. Try to sacrifice time and money and extra energy to give the players the best so they can perform their best. I try not to use the players to fill up my ego, right? I, I try to be concerned with every aspect of their lives, not just whether they win games or not. I try to discipline them in ways that are full of respect to them and consistent. Well, not all the coaches that I have worked with over the years want a coach like that, like the way of Jesus. I've been mocked. I've been challenged. You know, Jesus is weak. You coach too weak. And at times, I've received open hostility. Out of their anger toward my ways of coaching, they have purposely tried to spread lies about me to ruin my reputation. Especially when parents would say, why don't you coach like Chris? I'd get them really pissed off. Then they would try to spend, spread rumors around me about me. I became a horrible odor to them because they are slowly perishing. They are rejecting Jesus more and more firmly in their life. But then there were coaches that I would smell pretty good to because they were slowly being saved. Before I worked in the pastoral ministry, I, would work in, I worked in some office settings. And a couple of times I would be cornered by people asking me opinions about sex. You're a Jesus freak. What do you think about sex? That's literally how it would come out. Three of them. Like... Okay, I guess we're not going to talk about the report that the boss wants us to talk about today. And I would gently try to explain Jesus' sexual ethic. That made me an odor to a lot of my coworkers. There have been times that I have explained Jesus' teaching on wealth and money to people who have wealth and money. And I have, the response has been an odor. People don't like that. Now, you, now let's be clear here. You can also easily emanate an odor because you are judgmental, preachy, politically divisive, and just a jerk to people in the name of Jesus, right? But Jesus is pretty clear that if you choose that path, you're not only an odor to people, but you are also an odor to God. See, that we are not to try to like be a jerk to people. Right, that, that brings an odor to God. But when you are surrendered to Jesus in all things, when you live to prop him up, right, 
when how he lived his life becomes your standard, even if you fall short, you're just like, I'm trying, I'm trying. And you ask Jesus how to obey him in different areas of your life, how to honor him in all that you do, you're going to stand out. You're going to smell. And you want that smell. Because if you have no smell to people, then you have no fragrant offering to God, and you do not want to end your life with no fragrant offering to God. See, there's no evangelism strategy. There's not some unique style or approach with Jesus that is going to make everyone like you. The call to be an ambassador of Jesus, it is a prescription of medicine for our fearful condition. In obeying to represent Jesus, to actually speak about him, we are rescued as captives to this world. We are freed as captives to Jesus. But as we stand in security and confidence, as we say yes to propping up the greatness of Jesus, there will be other people who will smell something amazing, like great barbecue. People who are in the process of being saved and healed by God. And when they encounter you in that particular season of their life, you are the aroma that finally helps them say yes to Jesus or take the next step in their journey to be right with Jesus. And even better, over time, there will be people who change, who initially think that you smell horrendous, and uh, over time start to realize, oh, that, that lady's... That friend of mine smells pretty good. Before I got married, in my young 20s, I lived in a house with a bunch of single guys. Let's just say you could have done a science experiment in, on the many different fragrances that were coming out of that house. Okay, One of the guys that I lived with was a Korean-American. I had never been around Koreans or Korean-Americans before living with this friend. One day I opened up our fridge and I almost fainted in disgust. It was as if someone had punched me in the face. I shut the door really fast. I coughed a little bit, and I screamed out, who left rotten food in the fridge? Turns out it was my, my Korean-American friend. His name is John. It was his kimchi. Dude, he loved my reaction. He was dying laughing. See, for a white guy who grew up eating bland food, where salt and pepper was the only thing we used to you know, put seasoning in our food, Kimchi, which is a fermented spicy cabbage, that is quite a shock to the nostrils of, uh, in, in the first encounter. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't try it. John kept asking me to try it. I was adamant. There's no way. That is some nasty stuff right there. I don't remember how long I was like this, but one day, John started cooking some Korean marinated beef, brugogi, in our kitchen. Now, I've already shown I'm a... Mar Mar barbecue meat, I mean, I don't care what culture it is. I'm, I mean, right, I, I run out of my room, I run into the kitchen like a shameless dog begging for some of his food. He was a smart man. He made me try kimchi with the beef. That was the deal. And it was an instant conversion. I eat kimchi in buckets now. It's now in my fridge. If you've never had kimchi, you're going to open my fridge and be like, Hello. Something's dead in there. Uh-uh, it's kimchi, baby. What was once a nasty odor is now a beautiful aroma. One of my friends years ago mocked me, argued with me, showed great disdain for how I lived my life and my belief in Jesus. And then COVID hit, and we were only doing live stream. 
In one service, I noticed his name on the list of the people who were streaming. And I was like, that has to be a mistake. I was so shocked. I texted him and he responded with gratefulness for the teaching that I was giving him in this. COVID was messing him up. Now, he's not a full follower of Jesus yet, but I love hanging out with him because it's amazing. He's in the process of being saved. I can tell because his whole view of my life has completely changed. He thinks I have a fragrant offering now. He's always asking me questions about my life. He's always giving me compliments and affirmations. It's so obvious. I'm like, Jesus, I don't know when it happened, but you just did a miraculous work in his heart. Right? Verse 17 says, unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. Pull that verse out anytime. You watch the TV. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity as those sent from God. See, people know when you are making them a project, whether the project is simply to get rich off of, like too many pastors on the TV, or a project where once a year you try to say something about Jesus because you feel guilty, or you throw up something on social media so that you can show that you're bold for Jesus. But then you're not living any differently. You're not showing genuine concern for their lives. And you're not showing a genuine security in being a Jesus follower and a Jesus worshiper. One of the many problems for us as we pray for our friends and our coworkers to see the beauty of Jesus is how many bad people are acting in immature and evil ways in the name of Jesus. See, see especially with this social media, people in the name of Jesus are posting all kinds of judgy stuff angry stuff, right? The whole world is evil, except me who I'm posting this, right? I'm righteous, right? The whole world is going to hell. Now, that might be true, but Jesus' response wasn't to yell at it at everybody and then just stand by while it all collapsed. He jumped in and got dirty. He jumped in to rescue and heal and save with great love. See, we should assume that most people who are not Christians have a negative view of Christianity. Not a neutral, but a negative. Because of the knuckleheads who in the name of Jesus create what is a negative view of Christianity. See, our friends and coworkers, they see these political extreme posts and these rants. They see Instagram pages like preachers and sneakers, right? And, and they're watching these preachers and worship leaders who have got thousands of dollars of clothes and bling all over them, Right? when they're on stage, and of course, our friends who are not Christian are going to react to Christianity like I did when I walked into the football locker room. Of course they are. But that reality, that, that disgusting evil that is not a real representation of Jesus, that is not a cause for us to be silent. We don't react to that and then hide our love for Jesus. We pray and act into redefining people's image of Jesus. We lead people out of the locker room and into the barbecue. Come on now. See, we love in sacrificial ways. We open up our mouths and talk honestly about our relationship with Jesus. We don't lecture our friends and coworkers. We don't get preachy. We don't push it. We are patient and consistent. We live in this truth that I am just partnering with Jesus. I'm here to represent him, but Jesus does the work of changing the hearts. I don't. Right, And as I have mentioned before, when we're hanging out with friends and coworkers and who don't know Jesus, right, no matter what subject we're talking about, whether it is family or work or hobbies or friends or news, 
when it is our turn to share, we look for ways to include Jesus. But then when we are done sharing about our side of things or what's going on about Jesus, we simply ask our friends, what's happening in your lives? Right? Because there is an assumption. I've talked to a lot of non-Christians. Let me tell you this. I can't get into any conversation without Jesus coming up because what's everybody ask somebody? So what do you do? Here we go. I'm either going to be an odor or I'm going to be an aroma. Here we go. Last night I was at a quinceanera. Here we go. Yeah, right? But what I've learned from a lot of non-Christians is their assumption is when you start to share about genuinely about your life, right? On Monday morning, tomorrow morning, you go into work. People are like, how was your weekend? The challenge is include church. Don't just say, I went to a great quinceanera. Say, and also, man, my church changed something up on Sunday, and I really was able to connect with the presence of God. When you say that to a non-Christian, this is what they think. Uh-oh, they're going to preach at me. He brought up Jesus. i got to def- brace myself. And so in love and respect, instead of preaching, I'm just go, how was your weekend? And there's this kind of like, wait, wait, what? We're not preaching about Jesus? Oh, all right. And then conversation after conversation after conversation, as you keep talking about your genuine life with Jesus, people are going to be like, wait, this person is not at all like the stereotypes at all. They're sharing their pain in their life and how they're praying to Jesus, right? Sometimes in a friendship or a, a relationship with a coworker, we're just doing this, being honest, and then always concerned about them, and then we realize there is a moment Somebody will say something. My wife has got a ton of these stories working at City Terrace. She's an elementary school teacher. My wife is not like me. She ain't going to be all preaching and talking all the time. But she's always honest about Jesus in her life. And all of a sudden, boom, the teacher that's going through the crisis comes to Maggie. And that's when Maggie can go, can I pray for you? Maggie's had Bible studies at, at lunch break with teachers who are, they trust her, right? That's when you know it's time. Oh, here we go. Let's keep moving in this Sometimes in a friendship or relationship with a coworker, it's good at some point to say, hey, something like this. I really appreciate our friendship, man. I love how we're real, and I want to keep it like that. My faith is at the center of who I am. Would you be willing for me to show you a couple Bible passages that have changed my life? If you don't like it, that's fine, but then you will know who I am. And then I want to hear from you, what is your foundation to your life? I've had some friendships where slowly over time, the person went the opposite way. I, I, got, I, I shared honestly, we got to know each other, and then at one point it was like, hey, do you want to look at the scripture with me? They did, and then all of a sudden, after looking at the scripture, I went from smelling pretty good to smelling pretty bad. And when I realized this, and they were like, I don't want this, Jesus, I just said, okay, no problem, I'm not going to push it on you. I will always be here when you are ready to come to Jesus. Worship team, come on up. When living missional becomes a project, we stink. But when it becomes our lifestyle, when we are genuine in our love for people and in our worship of Jesus, the people who like our smell will be slowly drawn to us. Jesus says the harvest is plentiful. We looked at that last week. And so everywhere we are, we should expect both people who don't like our smell and people who do. So we endure. We pray, we stay secure until it is clear who God is drawing to us. We are free to let God change hearts. We don't have a timeline. We don't compare ourselves to others. 
we're free to enter into the joy of living for Jesus, of spreading his aroma. Later in chapter 3, Paul says, such confidence we have through Christ before God. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. Oh, church, be healed of fear. Grow into the fragrance of Jesus. Be secure when some people don't really like that smell. Just pray for them and wait. Wait for God to change their heart. But then be so fired up when you realize people are starting to think my life's like a barbecue. That's Jesus that they're starting to lock into. I'm going to pray for them and more. I'm going to initiate with them more. Church, just don't let your life be odorless. Don't let it smell like everybody else. Oh, this is a time. This is a season. God is showing himself to be so good in our midst. I can feel it as we worship. I can feel it as we talk. It is now the time for us to finally say yes to everything with Jesus. We're never going to be perfect. I was just confessing sin last week, mistakes that I had. Right, but there, there's a difference. There's been a fundamental shift. Jesus is my standard. He is my treasure, and he's such a gentle and gracious God. He never crushes me with that standard. But he just says, follow me. Represent me. Be unashamed. Man, it is time, church, to let the fragrance of Jesus out and endure and to see people around us be changed because of it. Let's start in a place. Would you stand with me? Let's, this is now a time to just respond to the word. If you feel like you have been hiding Jesus, you have had no aroma, no fragrance to Jesus, oh, I just, I call you to repent, to repent with joy, to ask Jesus for eyes to see his goodness in the ways you would never be ashamed of that special person in your life that you love, that you would never be ashamed of the greatness of Jesus. Oh, just soak him in. Receive his grace. All he wants to do is just take you out of this place of numbness, take you out of this place of apathy, and he wants to take you out of this place of fear. Worship him. The more you worship him, the more it's easier to just let his fragrance come out. Give yourself to the worship of Jesus. Let it go. Stop having one foot in and one foot out. Just let it go. Unashamed. He is so good. And then as you are in that place, church, let's pray for our friends. Let's pray for our coworkers in a genuine care for them that their lives would be as important to us as our own lives that we would grieve that they do not know the goodness of Jesus, that we would mourn the sufferings that they are going through alone without God, oh, that we would love our friends and our family, oh, that we would yearn for them to know the goodness of God. Come, Holy Spirit of God, complete this time in your word. Come.